Hey, welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, a podcast where we talk about performers' worst experiences on stage. I'm Luke Fagenbush. I'm here with my co-host, Lauren Hutton. And who did we have on the podcast four months ago? Do you, do you, not, <laughs> do you not let me say my own name anymore? Uh, I was giving you space. I, d- I didn't ask for space. <laughs> I didn't want space. I, I thought you might. Uh, you looked like you were thinking. A you know, bit. one of the top reviews that I hear about this show is great Lauren, intros. Why don't you talk more? Also, great intros. But Lauren, why don't you talk more? <laughs> you already you have, talk a lot, and they want more. <laughs> we have to give the people what they want, Luke. And if you're not going to let me say my own name, okay, just do the rest of the intro. I'll, I'll be your hype man. <laughs> That's not what we discussed earlier. Remember well, I mean, when wanted, I said that I don't remember what happened in the episode because we recorded it before I had Adderall? I mean, you know Rudick. Yeah, he's a great boy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he? He is. I'm hyping you up, Lauren. <laughs> I know, we had Andrew Rudick. We, and we talked about his life as a professor, which didn't go well. He was a great he, professor. Was he? I mean, it was funny. <laughs> you remember that. See, you talk about it and it triggers the memory. Okay, okay, This is cool. the system. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he just came out with an album. Oh my god, he fucking did. Yeah. yeah. Well, didn't come out with it, recorded it. Yeah, so it's going to come out soon. Do we have a date on that yet? We would if we were better at this. Carl Spaeth, do you know when Andrew Rudick's album comes out? I don't, I just know that he just recorded it. Okay. Tight. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Enjoy the episode, everybody. <laughs> Not podcasting. Is that... I mean, it all depends. It all depends no, on like your perspective, you know? I feel like this is totally podcasting. I th- Joe Rogan it's... has these issues every single episode. Every single one, doesn't matter. I'm sure. Yeah. When Obama went on WTF, he sat in the studio for an hour and a half while Mark Maron was like, I can't get the things to No, that's not even the truth, man. Mark made him (laughs) wait in the driveway like a chump. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't let you in. It's bad luck. Until everything is working the way that's supposed to be working, I can't let you in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You think if Obama was like, I'm allergic to cats, Mark Maron would be like, no. Fuck it, you can't you can't do the episode. <laughs> oh man. Rudick, what's the most obnoxious thing that you've had to accommodate to have somebody on one of your podcasts? The most Im- Hold on. Do the second most obnoxious one if it's this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one time video wasn't working. I mean, I feel like there's always technical issues. It's like cuz we're not sound well, Lauren, you have a background in in radio, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I do now <laughs> because yeah. this show is on the radio. But I, yeah. I just, I, I don't know, man. You know, I went through puberty, and all of a sudden, I sounded like this, and everyone assumes they're like, "You went to communication school, right?" I just, <laughs> I just assumed your mom's womb was like a radio booth. Yeah, man. <laughs> WSJ Vag. Yeah, her her uterine wall was soundproof. It's Sunday morning, (laughs) and the placebo. I was born into noise canceling foam. Do you understand? (laughs) Placenta's feeling good this morning (laughs) on WOMB Radio. 
<laughs> Got some traffic in the fallopian tubes. You're going to want to... Everything's all backed up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Lauren's mom's vagina. Let's let's talk about that for the whole podcast. I mean, Lots we could fill an hour with that, right? There's, an, there's enough that I we was can headed, fold in what? there. What? <laughs> They're two separate things? Hey, maybe we should head out. Oh, yes, because we definitely don't have... Um, yeah, that's all the puns. That's all yeah, the lady part puns I can yeah. think of. Uh, I'm watching Rudick on uh, on FaceTime, and he winked when he said that. I actually have Tourette's. So I'll be <laughs> winking the whole time. <laughs> I have sudden onset Tourette's. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Uh, you were a music man, Lauren, weren't you? You did musical stuff with your before you did comedy am i making stuff up no you're not making anything up um i did all kinds of music stuff because i was involved in a church that was like yeah we should make a praise team out of children and they were like the tall one you'll be the front man <laughs> so i yeah i was the front man of a of a god band for about three four years and like we traveled to georgia and ocean city maryland and like all these other places that are way too hot in the summer we would go there in july and play acoustic guitar to like just campgrounds that was that was my for life the lord damn yeah dog you know just bringing <laughs> people sick. to christ with the power of tunes it was super great i can play my god is an awesome god on 17 different instruments it's pretty awesome I didn't know there were 17 instruments yeah yeah, I can play it on the glockenspiel. I can play it on the marimba. A lot of these are just mallet-based percussion instruments, but uh, I can also do it on the guitar. Wow. So, you know, the guitar and then 16 different orchestral mallet instruments. God but, is you know, good indeed. Yeah, man. Vibraphone. Yeah. Praise be. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do before you started doing stand-up, Andrew? Um, like, what were you into? Well, I was, I was an English instructor at Cincinnati State for... About a year, I was. I wanted to be a professor, so I was. I was getting my uh, master's in English and teaching, and I yeah, I okay. wanted to be like a full time professor for a long time. And nice. Was that like literature professor? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it turns out I'm pretty dumb. I didn't even realize <laughs> until I was pretty far along in the whole thing. Um, not cut out for <laughs> academia. Also, it's all a pyramid scheme, so <laughs> you know. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get that far into Wait, it. Yeah. I. Okay, you're telling me that academia is the same thing as like selling Mary Kay. Well, like, how do those no, dots connect? Not necessarily. I, I would say in the humanities, it is. It, I think it's. I think we sell this bullshit story to to teenagers that they have to buy into this college experience before they actually know what they want to do. So they end up going bankrupt from debt and and they just don't you know i i went into english which is something that like you really there's not much to do like besides teaching and like writing i mean there are a lot of things you can do if you're motivated but um, <laughs> um <laughs> but like teaching but you're clearly like, teaching not. literature in like colleges is so to me it's just like why are we like you could just sit at home and like look up a syllabus online and just read all those books and you would be 
you wouldn't be yeah and it wouldn't cost you 10 <laughs> yeah. grand for four months yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. i wanted to i got an english degree with the idea of writing and like right before i was going into college somebody was just like you know you can just write right right you don't actually have to <laughs> yeah and that's the like that's the irony of it is that the best book i've ever read and i'm not just saying this to like you know, whatever. It's Sam Talent's book. He's a comic. Oh, and he, it's so good. And he truly, like, <laughs> yep. I, I studied yep. literature for, like, nine years after high school, and that is the best book I've ever read in my life. And it's somebody who, like, it's all his life experience. You know, it's not, he didn't sit in, I, he did, I think he did go to college for, I, I think he majored in something else, but um, it wasn't in English. It wasn't in lit or creative writing, I don't think. And it's just, like, it's incredible. It's like he just has lived this amazing life. Yeah, exactly. If you want to be a writer, just fucking write. Don't sit in a classroom like, hmm, I wonder what Wordsworth was thinking. I wonder what he was <laughs> feeling. Let's let's hold everybody up and ask the professor questions. Yeah, he got he kind of got his own education by just reading good books and you can do that. Yeah. There's nobody's yeah. waiting for you to pay tuition to release secret books yeah. to you. When when he was 19, he traveled around New York in a fucking hardcore band playing the drums tripping on acid. Like that's how you become a novelist. You don't fucking you don't yeah yeah you take the hunter s yes. thompson route not the yes. ivy league route like that's that or wait did it wait he went to ivy league didn't he uh i don't, I don't know. think so i really should do research before went, just like saying whether things. he went to <laughs> ivy league or not he definitely went to the school of hard knocks also yeah. and that's what you want yeah for yeah. sure for yeah, sure also hard university yeah. he learned all the life experiences <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also uh, hard so, you. Oh man. <laughs> when did you when did you like stop wanting to be a professor? You said you found out you were dumb. But um, I think that's that's part yeah, of the Yeah, was it that moment experience. or was there something else? Uh, maybe maybe I'm also actually dumb, but you had that period where you think you're smart and then you learn how dumb you really are. But part of that is just the learning curve. I forget what it's called, but people who are yeah. initiating into whatever they are, they hit a drop off where they learn how hard it actually is. And then they actually start getting good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I, I reached a point. Well, there are a few things that happened. I reached a point that reali I realized that I always wanted to be like, I wanted to teach like literature and in order to do that, you have to get a PhD. So you can teach at community colleges if you have a master's degree, um, but which is what I was doing, but I was teaching like introductory, like 101 and 102. And I realized that it took me like five years to get through like a two-year master program, and I barely, barely made it. And I realized that like, there's no way I can get a PhD. Like I, you have to be like obsessed with this. And I just wasn't, I realized I didn't have the passion. Also, a couple eye-opening things happened in that time. One in my teaching where my mentor, like, kind of, like, stabbed me in the back and, like, just... Whoa. I mean, she didn't stab me in the back. She just, like... It was weird. It was, like, she didn't renew my contract and she, like, refused to... Which was fine, like... But she refused to talk to me and, and help me understand. And I was like learning, like this is like a mentorship, like teaching program where like I am being like, yeah. like 
I, I had my own class to myself, but I'm really like, they really throw you in the water and they have somebody like supposedly helping you. And she really just like refused to talk to me and just wouldn't explain like what happened and like why. So like, I was like, fuck this. Like, this is how like these people deal with like, they, they just don't care about their students or like their colleagues. They just want to further their own careers. And I also experienced that in my master's program. My professor, um, I failed my master's exam the first time and you have two chances to take it. And I studied for it for like months Ooh. and months and months. It was like, it's a six hour exam and you have to know like 18 books inside and out and they put six of them on and you have to write an hour essay for each one. And you have to pass. That's grueling. <laughs> oh my grueling. God. Why? That's exactly. not a test. That's exactly. an endurance thing. And I'm a thing. bad test taker. And um, I get like anxiety <laughs> and uh, like in time frames for writing essays. And you have to pass four of the five essays. They're graded by each professor who like specializes. It's like a whole, all a range of like English literature. It's like everything. And but oh they curate like this list of eighteen books, and uh, so I passed three of the five the first time. You have to pass four of the five. I failed it. I had to study for another six months. You get two chances to pass it, and if you fail it two times, you don't get a degree. And this is after five years of having passed all of my courses. I like you have to maintain like a three point oh. I had like a three point five. You know I. I oh, was yeah. like, that's uh, so much pressure so much pressure <laughs> like i was having anxiety attacks like i'd never had anxiety attacks before i was like it was fucking insane and and to add even more pressure to it they told me that only one person in history had ever failed it the first time so i was so i was the what? second person <laughs> or no, no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry it had a 90 it had a 90 percent pass rate to 10% of the people the uh, first time. Okay. And the second time, only one person in history had ever failed it twice. So I was like, I'm about to be the second person in Xavier history <laughs> to fucking... <laughs> and then, so anyways, my advisor was just like, after I failed the first time, he was just like, like telling me like options to like transfer to other schools and shit. And I was like, I'm not transfer. Like I'm... Do I'm that's yeah, I, how they do it. That's why exactly. only one guy has failed yeah. the second time. Cause if they fail the first time, they're like, maybe you should mm -hmm. go to Duke or something. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, either I'm, I'm taking this exam and if I fail it, I'm not transferring. I'm done. I don't care. I'm either getting the degree or I'm not. I, but it was just like, he didn't yeah. care. And it's just like all of these professors just yeah. didn't really care. And it was just like, what are you doing? I don't know how self-conscious you are about this, but it sounds like they didn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's certainly the case with uh, Cincinnati State with my mentor for whatever reason. But my advisor, <laughs> he just didn't care. Like, he didn't even know me. Like, that's the thing is they didn't even, like, he was just sort of like, you know, this is what you should do, just whatever. So they're all, they're all fucked. Wow. They can, yeah. they can eat my ass. <laughs> okay. I'm telling Andrew dick jokes. Rudick's review of college I'm in general. I'm telling dick jokes for tens of people now, okay? They can suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, on that side of it, how was the teaching part for you? Because you, 
knowing you now, like you're, you seem like you would be a really good lecturer and teacher. Were you enjoying it back then? Yeah, I loved it. I, I loved the like being in the classroom. I hated the like back end, all the politics and all the bullshit, like the stuff like with my mm. advisor. But like the actual being, yeah, in the classroom was fun. Cincinnati State's fucked up. I mean, it's like you have people that are like it's completely open enrollment. So like you have people that are like don't know how to like i would get essays that had no like um punctuation like it'd be like one like run-on sentence like people who like had like <laughs> like yeah like truly you like just, you have ranges of people with like a sixth grade reading level to like call it and then you'd have people who were like highly intelligent it's a very strange mix um wow but wow. it was fun i mean i wasn't a good did- professor per se like i wasn't very like knowledgeable like i would like i feel like i was like researching the lessons the night before the class um but i was Hell definitely yeah. fun and that's easy. how i teach piano I, I, I mean i was super i like <laughs> you didn't have to do much to to get a good grade <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't want to shoehorn the premise into the podcast too hard but i i am interested if you like finished a lecture and felt like you did the worst job ever every day <laughs> but it was fun and easy you but left, you were bad you at the it every day like oh these kids are fucked <laughs> yeah. doing no one yeah. any favors well also like i mean they were like that class was fucked to begin with like they gave you they, the syllabus they give you to work with is insane it's like they've done studies that show that like it's the most ineffective way to teach to teach literature so like they'd give you like a handbook and it would have like it's like an anthology with like excerpts from like great like literature in it and like you know like three pages of from the odyssey or something um but you would just learn you just like read in like excerpts and like you can't like teach people about like writing and like literature through like these little tiny like snippets snippets yeah. yeah, yeah. it's like me try, trying to get someone to watch something by telling them about the best part in the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. he ties a fire hose around his chest, and he has a gun, but you don't know there's a gun tape behind his back. <laughs> yeah. And he says the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to watch the last two minutes of Die Hard. <laughs> no context. And then Edward Norton shoots Brad Pitt, but it's really yeah. Edward Norton. <laughs> and I'm using the actors' names because the narrator doesn't have a name yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, great shit. And then all of New York City falls down. Best. It's the best. <laughs> best. <laughs> now take a test on it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yet the questions are like, what sort of things happen to the narrator to lead him right. to this discovery? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> You're trying to teach me a lesson here one paragraph at a time, and it's not the first or the last paragraph. This is bad. (laughs) Did you have any Edward James almost moments where you uh you connected with the kids at all or was it just so such a like big group that it was really just you delivering a lecture and leaving uh it were it wasn't big class it was small classes um usually about like 20 25 um there was one oh, that's good yeah that's it was not great bad. Um, yeah there was one student Dominic and he would come to class 30 minutes late every single day 
It was a 50 minute class, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What up, Teach? He would be 30 minutes late (laughs) and he would just reek of weed. Like, just absolutely, like, just. It was loud in there, let's just say. Um, and he would come in 30 minutes late and walk to the very front seat in the front row, <laughs> the very middle, like the closest to me. Because everybody else would sit like far back. You know, nobody wants to sit in the front. Right. So he'd just sit right in the middle, just stoned as fuck. And then he would just, just vibing for the last 20 minutes of class like just loved it like was so into it would be like participating and like would just be so and i was like man i I feel this kid because i would come to class high too and (laughs) i love smoking weed i really do i always have and just the fact that like like he the nerve to not only be late to class and reek of weed but then to like participate like that is another level i love it i mean i it sounds like I'm joking, but I honestly like had a lot of respect for this guy, like for like doing this. Yeah, dude, the confidence, the confidence that yeah. it takes to not only thirty minutes late to actively participate uh-huh. for the last twenty minutes that he's there to strut his stuff down to the very front seat yeah. closest so to you. Then everybody could smell it. All of those things combined <laughs> every single every day. day? I mean, no. I mean, he missed some. Days, I can see doing it once. Attendance, as you can imagine. Well, obviously, that caliber of person has very important <laughs> yeah. things to do and can't be bothered to show up to class thirty minutes late yeah. every day. I loved him. He was hilarious. <laughs> oh, He's probably man. better off than people who were more conventional students but didn't care about any of the material. Yeah. I mean, that's a yeah. life lesson in confidence. I mean, that's real time. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like. I'm here, Teach. You want to do this? Let's fucking roll. Otherwise, I don't know what to tell you. You got 20 minutes. Razzle dazzle me or I'm not coming in next week. Yeah, wow me. (laughs) Maybe I'll show up 25 minutes late the next time. (laughs) Oh, man, that is absolutely amazing. So was it was it stand up comedy that pulled you away from academia or did you leave academia behind and then find performing? I think it was a like a combination of both. I think I I started to do comedy as I was like reaching the second half of my master's and teaching like so like I was doing stand up and teaching at the same time. I had just started um, and. I started to really just like love stand up and as the more I love stand up the more I sort of like was getting disillusioned by the other side of academia that I was seeing like sort of seeing like it was yeah. almost like pulling back the curtain and I'm like fuck this if I'm going to if I'm going to pursue a career that where there's no money in it anyways like even if I did get a PhD like there's not like you could make a comfortable life like I could I could live yeah, like you, you could have two right, Keurigs if right. you wanted to, but that, like that doesn't necessarily mean right. that you're going to And I'm not be doing happy. it to be to for money. Like it's not I'm never going to get rich teaching. So like if I'm going to pursue something right. that I love, it might as well be or something that where the odds of success or like monetary gain are so slim anyways, it might as well do something that I really enjoy doing and just be broke doing it. And I'm glad I did cuz I I love comedy even yeah yeah 
And another thing kind of to the point of how political um, your academia is, it was really refreshing starting comedy and there just being the least amount of bullshit in anything that I've ever run into. There's yeah. still like politics and stuff, yeah. but it's it's like all out in the open. Yeah. 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 The politics are right there yeah. on the surface. And you can identify them, and then you can choose to play that game right. or not. Whereas with most things, it's all behind. Like you said, it's behind a curtain, and someone has to pull that back so that you can even yeah. see that it's happening. Yeah, most of the time, a comedian, just by virtue of being a comedian, isn't afraid to walk up to you and be like, that fucking sucked. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Versus my, yeah, versus my mentor at Cincinnati State who like just cut off all lines of communication and was just like right i don't care <laughs> yeah just blocked yeah. your number <laughs> ne- so did you oh, start man. at go bananas like you were already around cincinnati right yeah i grew up here um yeah i just I, when i started i started coming to the contest the funniest person contest like before i had ever even gone up and I watched like the whole summer. I just kept going and watched. And it was the year that Sam Evans won. And I, yeah. Nice. And I, I was like, I was, I fanboyed on him so hard. Like I watched, I watched <laughs> him every week that he was in the contest. And like from the first week, I didn't know him, but I, like from the very first week round that I saw him, like I was like, that guy's going to win. And I was like rooting for him the whole time. And then I like, when I started nice. doing comedy, I've told this story a lot, but when I started doing comedy, I, multiple times sent him like drunken fucking messages like i love you so much sam like you're my favorite comic <laughs> and I, I know i fucking like i, I weirded him out i could tell because every time i saw him he's like oh god that's that weird fucking open micer and now like now i know how that feels like i've had new people con- like not to that not comparing myself to him but i've had people like new people be like i think you're really funny and just be kind of weird but like also nice but you're like oh thanks but you're also like you might murder me yeah they they gush on you (laughs) a little bit yeah exactly there's a very weird vibe uh that comes from someone that like not a complete stranger but definitely not someone that you're close with coming up to you and giving you like almost a a a a paternal right. level of love like and you changed and me like i understand like, your comedy you start <laughs> quoting their jokes and it's like yeah. i don't know you get the fuck away from me <laughs> yeah man yeah. like what are you doing everything you just quoted at me i wrote while right. i was stoned like why you can't you can't have a life-altering experience because of something that i said yeah. i am a schmuck and you clearly right. don't know that, that was also me talking I'm... to sam not someone talking to me by the way sorry go ahead luke <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> just be desperate for attention uh, well, I definitely am. Yeah, but look at that mustache. I received. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. That thing rolls. Tear him apart, Andrew. <laughs> I get any type of messages, like anything positive, I like eat it up. I oh, need... yeah. Me too. It's great. <laughs> if, if I had like a, a Andrew Rudick to Sam Evans level stalker, that would be my favorite person. Yeah. <laughs> and I also. I, you start hitting them up like let's yeah. get coffee. I don't want to <laughs> no more on that. You can please, talk more about me more. <laughs> I also don't want to give off the impression that like Sam was like standoffish in any way. Like he was n- as nice as you could possibly be. I was just fucking weird. Oh no, I got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh dude. So where where did you do your first show? Was it at the Banana or was it at a bar it show was locally? At Baba Boo Dan's in Clifton. Um, 
I, it doesn't. Ag- what is that? I'm sorry. Did you just yeah. stutter? <laughs> yeah. What was that? Baba Boo Dance. It's not called that now. I think it's called like Highlands Cafe or something. Um, maybe it's like you know where Hughes High School is. If you're going down Clifton and it dead ends into Hughes. Yes. All of these yes. landmarks uh, I'm familiar so with. More, and if you take a left, it's like straight <laughs> on right before it loops back to McMillan. It's like that building. Oh, okay. It's next to Cilantro. Gotcha. And I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, Cilantro. Yeah, that was the first time. I didn't go up to go bananas for a while. I mean, I didn't perform there for like probably like a year. And then I started like serving there. Really? Yeah. See, it's always fascinating to me because there seems to be like two different avenues. There's folks that are like, they see like a standard comedy club, whether it's uh, Wiley's in Dayton or Go Bananas down here or like the Funny Bone. And there's there seems to be two modes of thought. It's either I'm not good enough to go up there yet, so let me go to these right. crap shows where no one will know who I am and I don't invite my family yeah. or anything and I'll get good. And then after a while, then you go to the comedy club for their like pro am right. or their amateur night or whatever it is. Or there is the I'm gonna do stand up comedy for the first time ever. Please come see me at this place where you're going to pay money to watch yeah. me suck. And then the world falls out from under your feet and you realize that you're like, oh, you have to work on this thing. Uh, you have to actually craft <laughs> whatnot. Oh, shoot, Andrew, look at you. Look at you partaking on our I'm podcast. Listening. Do we have to edit this part out? Oh, no, we know. <laughs> now you're listening twice as hard. Wait, is this a video? <laughs> Are you guys going to post a video? No. Okay. <laughs> no, that was oh, kind of the joke like, oh, I was shit, making. Is that I, I didn't say what you were doing, and also no one saw what you were doing, And uh, but both your ears are activated, and uh, yeah. everything's going to be great. CBD flower. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Totes leaves. I, I love Totes people leagues. who buy CBD bud and then roll that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want <laughs> Yeah, I want to get. <laughs> does the CBD flower? Does it taste like regular weed? Because that's a pretty big, important part of the experience for me. Like, if it doesn't taste like a skunk's asshole, I don't I, I really don't know. Honestly. What's the point? I, you I've know, I've never smoked it except for just now. Um, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's, have, that's probably Dominique. That's yeah. that's what he was on. Yeah, he, yeah. he got real anxious. Yeah. <laughs> also, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what this one tasted like. I got COVID, so. <laughs> No. Do no. you really? That's <laughs> no, so don't. sad. Yeah, not yet. Hey man. It's hey, let's 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 all just relax yeah. and breathe for a second. Ready? <sighs> if you're laying in a bed right now with a respirator on, that one was for you. Also, if you're about insensitive? to die, I going why down would a dark path right now. Podcast <laughs> is one of your last things yeah. to do on earth. <laughs> might make it easier actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, it could be worse. I could yeah. be doing what they're doing right You know, now life isn't yeah. all that it's cracked up to be. It's just like, it's a wonderful life, only the opposite. Yeah. Where These fucking podcasts. <laughs> Every white guy has Are a we... podcast now? I'm out. I'm Every your guardian angel, and we're going to listen to shitty podcasts for three hours until you kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will say your guys' podcast is fantastic. It's it comics love it. It's it's highly revered. You guys Aww. are both excellent at asking questions. 
I had Gabe was oh, Gabe so was much, gushing Andrew. over this after he he came on. He was yeah for real. Yeah, oh, he's he's Aww. a gushy guy. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, he everybody is. everybody you know talks about how good you guys are at at interviewing. So. It's so nice to hear that from someone because everyone likes to tell other people that. No yeah. one tells us. No one comes back to us and like, hey, I had yeah. a great time. That was really, well, really nice. Well, the, the route I took to making a good podcast was to um, find someone who knew how to podcast and then yeah. <laughs> make them do yeah. it and with me. And then my route <laughs> yeah. was I got to find a guy <laughs> who's not afraid to grow a ridiculous aviator mustache. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, our energies just drew each other to each other. And now here we are, man. We're making yeah. magic on the yeah, radio. Yeah, a good dynamic. Stash oh, and cash. This is... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have $17 in my checking account. Why yeah, did it's you one of those ironic me? nicknames. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Coming off of being complimentary, I... And discussing your first time doing comedy. My first time doing comedy, you were actually hosting. You probably don't remember it. I don't. But it was at Chameleon. Yes. And I probably told this story before, but I went up on stage. I had meticulously written five minutes of material and timed it out and set it in the mirror a bunch of times like a psychopath. And then I went up. Yeah. And I blew through it in like 30 seconds and walked off stage. And you go up and you're like, I think marijuana had something to do with that. And I was stone cold sober. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a amazing. shitty thing for me to say. Were you? <laughs> oh, no, that, was, that was so funny. Did I know it was your first time? Uh, I think. Uh. I think I mentioned that to you afterwards and you felt bad. Yeah, that sounds, that Just sounds exactly <laughs> right. That sounds about that right. You, you're a really good guy. Uh, I was like, that doesn't sound like something I would say beforehand, <laughs> but it does sound some, like something I would feel very bad about afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't have needed to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I obviously went back to it yeah. and kept coming to that mic in particular. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's a weird mic. Oh yeah, that has changed hands so many times. I, I think that's still the I longest know. running open mic. Yeah, I mean, if it's if if Halinski takes it back up, I guess after. But yeah, no, it yeah. was. I mean, I ran it for like six years. It was yeah. Did you really? That dude in in open no. mic years, your mic was like a hundred years no, old. No, I didn't run it for that. That's how long it has. Did I? I don't know. It was it was a long fucking time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Either way, I mean, open mics just don't last that long because inevitably somebody's going to come into that place that doesn't doesn't respect the venue, doesn't respect anything, and they're going to say a bunch of stuff that's going to make the owner of that venue go, "Yeah, that's not yeah. something well, we that's... want here." Uh Sorry, go ahead, Luke. S sorry, I just remembered something, and 
it's for sure going to still be running because they're turning it into a comedy club. Yeah. I forgot that fact. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Chameleon transitioning into a, a full-blown comedy experience. I mean, they pretty much have because, I mean, they ran a couple yeah. of weekends Seamer, before like everything uh, shut Seamer down. Chris headlined and I hosted for him, so I should have for sure remembered that. <laughs> Wait, didn't Andrew also yeah. do a show there? Did yeah. you have a weekend um, there? Yeah. So, oh, fuck yeah. us. That, I was, Sorry, Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, that's what I was going to say is that... Um, wait, I lost, I lost the video on here. Um, hmm. uh, technically. But you were going to say... I lost the video. If you okay. lost it, I want to... Uh, I want to tribute its turning into a comedy club at least partially to you let's call that your oh, fault for yeah. running a successful open mic yeah. so good <laughs> no i was gonna say actually for that, so that's long. a good whatever i don't know what i lost the word um segue, segue? Thank you. is that what you're looking uh, for <laughs> little two-wheel mode of transportation into the next idea right. here we go um, nick mitchell who <laughs> who runs chameleon and and Emily Mitchell. Oh, yeah. um, so they're old friends of mine. I've known Nick since I was in like sixth grade. Um, Wait a second. Oh, I didn't cow. know her last name. Are they married? They're married. Or... Yeah. Yeah. They've been married for a Whoa, long time. Mind blown. They, okay. got a, they got a cute little, little daughter, <laughs> uh, little six, little five-year-old girl. Um, but anyways, Nick loves comedy. Here, I'm going to blow your mind a little bit more. You know, Josh Sneed. Oh yeah. That is Nick's yeah. second cousin. Anyways, completely unrelated. What? I don't have mine Small world. left to blow. Yeah. So <laughs> Nick, uh, he's always loved comedy. Nick's a super talented producer, musician. He's He's been doing shit forever, and he's awesome. He, like, he does shows, and he's the one who convinced me to start that mic. Like, however many, seven, eight years ago, it was like, hey, start this open mic in Chameleon. It's a perfect room. You're talking about Mike's not yeah. succeeding. That is all a testament to them running that bar and like making it into what like even when it was a mic, they made sure they like still treated it like it was like a club. So now, yeah, they're transitioning Whoa. it into yeah. small. It's, it's such a shame that it everything hit right when it did because it, it could have been this cool little club, little club. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be when everything <laughs> gets back going. Everybody check out Chameleon. I was just rambling. I don't know where I was going with yeah, any of that. Yeah, good stuff. No, that but was Nick and Emily. You were going to a great place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly. And Nick has a podcast, The Legend of Sports Ball. So, so I, I mean, obviously, I'm sorry, what? The He has a podcast called The Legend <laughs> of Sports Ball? Is that what you said? Leg Legends of Sports Ball, yeah, with my other friend, Scotty. What is that about? Ah, Okay. It's about like legendary um, athletes throughout time. Oh shit! Sorry, my ring around my phone is on. That's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's an edit point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So okay, you you ran a show at a chameleon for a long time, and I'm sure that you have seen some very bizarre stuff. Anybody that's ran an open mic has seen some weird shit go down where people are just like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> have fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are some of the things that stick out to you from when you ran Chameleon? Normally we talk about your failures, but I feel like with your experience, 
running a an open mic style show for so long, I'm sure that you have seen some really goofy shit. Uh, there's time. We can do both. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's it's wild. I mean, not only running a mic for that long, but it was a late mic, and that changes the dynamic of things on a Thursday. So it's like a later weeknight. We would start oh, anywhere yeah. from ten thirty to eleven, and it it would it would go yeah. sometimes till one forty five. You know, two in the morning sometimes, um, not very often. But so it was also very rowdy. On top of that, um, unfortunately for me, or maybe fortunately, uh, that was in my very heavy drinking period. I don't drink anymore, as we've discussed. Um, so part of the, uh, and right. Luke can and attest this to this, why. part of the allure <laughs> of that show is everybody liked to to watch <laughs> Andrew get progressively drunker as the show progressed. Apparently I crush when I'm blacked out. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> and so I don't really remember a lot of a lot of crazy stuff that happened because I was usually blacked out by the, by the last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the best part, I don't know if this happened to Luke, but yeah, Rudy, you're here. talking about your blackout period and the audio cut out. So we got zero details. <laughs> and then all of a sudden when it came back, Hell it was yeah. you saying, yeah, so I don't remember a lot. <laughs> we, we got the full Andrew Rudick circa 2015 experience. <laughs> Hell yeah. A little at the beginning uh, and then a little at the end and who knows what happened in the middle. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. so, oh man, this is going to be a fun one to edit. People say you were running it for six years and you, you remember uh, maybe 20 minutes of that put together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's some weird stuff that happened though. I, I really... But yeah, I was saying like as Luke, as you could attest, uh, one of the reasons a lot of comics like this sh the show. Maybe this is all in my head was that I would get progressively drunker as the show went on. So by the end of the show, you know the <laughs> the mic was was variable in terms of like its quality. When someone says, "How is that mic?" It's like, what time did you go up? Because if you went up at ten thirty, ten forty, there's a chance you did great. You know, if you went up in the first seven comics usually those shows were great they, a lot of times they were packed out they, they were hit and miss yeah yeah but, um and a lot of times they'd be packed out and it was a while ago there wasn't a whole lot of middle ground and when i went to comedian it was either like a right. really good show and it was packed or i went and there were like three to five comics and everyone hated yeah. it yeah <laughs> no and offense like that would like, no no i i i get it i hated it too um <laughs> but also like that would happen like in in shows too like where it would be like 10:45 and it would be filled and then Andy gets blacked out and all of a sudden there's two people in the room and <laughs> <laughs> and, and you take that like as you, personally your fault that's the kind of No, I mean it's part <laughs> Yeah, I mean I I don't know. Man. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of some crazy shit that happened. I mean, I I had a lot of there was a lot of um, me learning. That was a good period for me because it 
I don't know if it effectively, but it helped me work on uh, telling people to be quiet, which is a weird <laughs> skill to have in, like, yeah. in a club. Controlling like controlling the room. Entirely yeah. necessary. Yeah. <laughs> entirely necessary. And yeah. I was n- I'm not good at it, and I never w- – like, and that was a huge challenge for me of like – it was especially irritating there because it's like a separate room. So like people would like come into the room – that clearly is just for comedy. Right, they don't have to be there. They don't have to be there. Yeah. There's a whole other bar. There's a whole other like back area with seats. Like it's like a big bar, and people would come in and talk. Yeah, and I would have to be like, "Can you just like, just go in the other room? Like, why are you here? <laughs> it makes me <laughs> mad just thinking about it." Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's good. Like that's a good skill to work on. Learn how to yell at grown adults. Right, in a way that doesn't make either makes them hate you so much that they leave and stop being a problem, or it makes be, them shut up and still want to listen to the or show. Or makes them be way more of a problem. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's always the, the fear. Okay, now this is kind of my favorite night at Chameleon. I don't remember who is hosting it, so sorry if it was Helinski, but there, you there son was a of night. A bitch. <laughs> where uh jay white cotton was featuring for someone i forget who. stewart i think maybe it was it was stewart if it was stewart huff then i have a terrible memory but i just remember it was him because of his set at chameleon because mm-hmm. he came there afterwards but it was double booked at Chameleon, then it got moved to the patio, then it started raining, mm-hmm. so it got moved back <laughs> into that little room with the pool table, mm-hmm. and there was like maybe oh God. seven to ten comedians, uh, Cam O'Connor was there, it was just like nice. one of those nights where everyone from Go Bananas that was on the show were like, yeah, fuck it, let's go to an open yeah. mic. And Jay Cotton, right. White Cotton went up there and he's really funny, but he did a set that wasn't like his feature set at all, where it's just, he did that like comedian thing where he's talking about how awful his life was and he just got progressively darker and worse and worse until he was just <laughs> screaming about how he went to Boy Scout camp and got touched by all the instructors and it was just way out of <laughs> it was clearly just made up to sound horrible but everyone was just dying in the worst possible situation for a show <laughs> stuff like that happened to chameleon all the time that was me hosting that night you son of a bitch um (laughs) i remember that night very very clearly i actually don't that's funny though i don't remember his set specifically maybe i I blocked that out but that's funny because i dude i love that dude he is so like he kills me on social like i don't really know him that much i just saw him that like weekend and I think it was Stewart. Yeah, I only remember. I think he was doing that tour with Tom Simmons. It was him. I think it was him, Tom Simmons, mm. and Stewart. They were doing that um, evangelic. I forget what they called it. That heretics tour or something. Southern heretics. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But he uh, that night. Yeah, the the rooms were all fucked up. We couldn't figure out where to set up. But he was so like, because I was like. I was like, what do I do? I should cancel this, right? Like, we're not performing. And and he was like, no, we're doing an open mic tonight. Like, we're doing it. And he was, like, moving shit. <laughs> I got and, some like, stuff to he say. He was moving the speaker out and, like, setting up shit, like, lights around the yes. pool table. And he was like, we're doing a mic. And I was like, dude, this dude fucking rules. Like, I love 
you know. <laughs> did Stuart Huff go up on that night? I don't think he, he was did, there. I don't think he was there. I don't think he was at Chameleon. Okay, yeah, I would have for sure remembered that. <laughs> maybe he. Yeah. Maybe that was another time White Cotton was in town, but I thought that was the only, only time I've ever seen him. But yeah, he says some. He says some wild shit. <laughs> That's a that's a great description. Yeah. I must have blocked out that yeah. Boy Scout stuff. But damn, he's wild. He's wild. <laughs> too yeah. too close to home. <laughs> so Andrew, before we get out of here, man, we got to get some stories about your your wonderful uh, your your bombs. Let's hear about your bombs. Um, what uh, what do you got, baby? What do you got? I know there was at least one story that popped into your head when we were like, hey, come talk about all the times oh, that you one, suck. One story. I, can I preface it with <laughs> the one time I saw you and completely lost my mind because of how good and funny it was before you just really bring yourself down a peg? Oh, I would love that. Okay. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to buffer your confidence before oh, yeah. we dive into this. You remember, we'll build you up before we break you I down. I think it was the last brouhaha or the one before it when you got the main stage. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone do the main stage like you did where you're on using the space. <laughs> yeah, It was just <laughs> middle of the day, sunlight outside. And uh, we described it before, but we entirely lost the episode. So I'll go over it again. <laughs> so the, the main stage at Brouhaha is uh, how, how many people in you outdoors is like, I want to say thousands. like, like- 1500 people minimum yeah and that's like with many like you could put a lot more chairs there and yeah uh, but yeah that thing seats like a, a shit ton of people and then at this beer and comedy festival comedians are lined up all through the day so by the end of the day they get like the big headliner acts on the main stage and it's full and it's great but then yeah. there are good comedians who have to go up during the middle the buffer of the day. boys yeah yeah <laughs> and usually these folks are really yeah. funny but the you fluffers. wouldn't know it right fluff now up, yeah. <laughs> fluff up those dicks for the headliners it's like oh, you're man. performing for maybe five to ten people and even if there's 20 it seems like three people because they're scattered across yeah. the seems field. like point one person <laughs> right <laughs> no one is close enough to be able to smell anyone else like that's how far apart everyone is one thing about oh god your your set is it's always really high energy and you were just amped up to 11 running entirely across this like 200 <laughs> square foot stage and i was walking by and i would just die i was like on the lawn <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, just you, so, your super high pitched voice just reverberating across that massive space. <laughs> I remember uh, the because they had a giant projector and they had a cameraman like working, and he was working like it was like five in the afternoon. Yeah, and he was, you were. Yeah, I said that. Work. I remember like before I went on stage, I told one comic I was like, I'm gonna make this this. Uh, video guy earn his paycheck today so i was trying to sprint <laughs> i was trying to make him like chase me so i was trying to like juke him out and like okay, i'm gonna do crowd work with this video guy <laughs> since he's the only person in the audience why are they filming right now there are three people here <laughs> yeah, that was fun <laughs> thank you yeah oh man time. so so 
How is that different from uh, all the times that you've um, saw? <laughs> I, I love how I love how the story that Luke was like. This is all right. Yeah, I'm going to tell a great one. It's time that you crushed. There were four people there, and you just fucking. <laughs> re- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I honestly didn't remember theater. how many people. Were there. <laughs> no, there were four people there. It was, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so it, it, I measure it by how funny things are. No, I, I love I'm it. I'm a comedy purist. Yeah, no, <laughs> I get it. I love it. I, that's a great story. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't even remember what audience there was, man. Yeah. You know, it's all about the jokes for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so so to the bombs. Oh, shit. Um, so I've told one story on a lot of podcasts and. I don't want to tell. I've I've told it too many times and it's too old. So I'm going to tell uh, another story. Um, I'm going to. It's a whole weekend of shows. It's a collective. Oh. I bombed for the entire weekend. It was the first time that I ever got. I ever got to host a weekend outside of Go Bananas. It was at the Dayton Funny Bone. Okay. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> or at least they're temporarily closed. But um. All right. Dayton Funny Bone. I think I was like two years in, three years in, maybe. I don't know. Um, I got to open for Damon Williams. Not Damon Wayans. Damon Williams. Nice. Oh. Not as nice. Uh, very nice. Friendly. Um, but yes, not not as big okay. of a comic. But he was, I will say, um, every show was sold out. He is a draw. He's, um, he's very wow. like... He's got a, a very sh- solid fan base. They love him. He's fucking killer. Super funny. Um, so I'm all jazzed up. The feature, that wasn't the case. I'm not going to say who it was, but not a, <laughs> not a great time for me um, to get to work with him. But Damon was a treat. He was very friendly. Um, and so he was very funny. What kind of hard to work with was he? Was he like just not funny or was he mean or been in the game for a very long time like uh just not i don't even want to get into him because it's you know it's, okay yeah I, I don't know you know you know you never want to it's always touchy but whatever um so he was fine uh, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm all jazzed up because I've never like, I've never worked, you know, outside of go bananas, whatever, but I'm still, I'm very nervous. You know, it's tough. It's tough to host any show, let alone, you know, I'm in a new city. There's no, yeah. not a new city. I'm in Dayton, but I don't know anybody, you know, and to amplify right, the right. pressure, the manager at the time was also the manager of the Liberty Funny Bone, which had just opened up in Cincinnati. So I was like trying, I wanted, I really wanted to get into that club. Um, So this manager from Liberty was there training a new manager to take over Dayton. And then he was going back to Liberty. So I was like, there are like two managers I need to impress here. There's like this dude who like, um, you know, whatever. He doesn't work for the Funny Bone anymore. Um, But he's a great dude. Uh, and he so anyway so i'm already nervous the shows are damon's fan base is predominantly black probably like 95 percent um and 
I grew up in the suburbs. So, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm also very in my head about like certain type of material. So like going into it, I'm like adjusting my act in this weird way of like, all right, I got to be like, I got to act in a certain way for a certain crowd. I got to be more like confident. That's what I've always heard. Right. Is like, like, you know, right. certain types of crowds, they feed off of like confidence and they don't really like, like necessarily self-deprecatory humor. So these are all mistakes that I'm making. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm trying to tailor my act, <laughs> you know, and I'm all in my head, whatever. So I go up six shows, bomb every single fucking show and every show <laughs> sold out so <laughs> yeah not a good time for andy uh the first night i got an applause break which was nice but i did it after i said i'm gonna do one more and get out of here um literally literally <laughs> the only applause i got was <laughs> on that night was i mean i said i'm, I'm gonna do one more bounce. and get out of here two tables from opposite sides of the room and if you don't believe me, you can ask Lee or Rand. They both, and I think Molly was, somebody else was, a bunch of comics came up because we're, like, being real supportive. Like, we're going to go go watch. And um, so they witnessed that. Um, I bombed every single show. I How many six. shows did you do? Yeah. Six. <laughs> and then... I had in my head this whole idea of like at the time, which I also I still kind of I, I, I still believe this in comedy. You really do have to like ask for things and you cannot be afraid. And it's been something I've been like, it's hard to overcome. But like you really have to like you have to ask like people will not give you stuff if you don't ask. And um, so at the end of the week, I'm like fucking like I knew I bombed and I knew I did so bad, but I was just like. You know what? Like, like in the in this split second, I was like, I'm gonna ask the manager. I'm just gonna be bold, you know. Um, <laughs> the thing about asking, and you should always ask. Don't always ask. <laughs> if you bomb, <laughs> if you bomb six straight shows in front of the manager, that's the one yeah. time that you don't ask. So I go up yeah, to the don't cement his memory of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Quite so yet. <laughs> I go up to him and I'm Let like, Let him forget. Hey, man, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I know you're 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 managing at Liberty now. Like, if you ever need any any hosts, I live in Cincinnati. And he goes, hosts like door guys. And I was like, no, like 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 oh, stand no. up like stand up comedy. <laughs> and he was like, you know, I just i guess just send me an email like i don't i don't really know what to tell you just just i guess just email me i, I don't i don't know what to say to you and i was just like oh ouch and i just like <laughs> i was like what the fuck why why on earth would i ask <laughs> so yep. um, that hurts me yes very a <laughs> lot of lessons to be learned honestly you don't learn from doing well uh, you don't learn for crushing in front of four people in an empty field. You learn from um, no zero learning experiences. Yeah, there. <laughs> you learn from that. And if I may, here are some of the lessons that I learned. Uh, Yay! Chad Daniels said a, a long time ago something to the effect of, "Don't ever, ever tailor your act to what you think a room is going to be like, because if you if you change if right. you alter yourself in any way." then you are not being authentic. And what makes you funny is your authenticity. Along those same lines, 
don't make assumptions about like crowds like just because a crowd is predominantly black that doesn't mean that they're not going to respond to me being self-deprecatory or whatever or being like whatever a fucking that's just me making generalizations about people and because of that like it made me nervous and it made me like apart from it made me not connect with those people another lesson yeah. which was uh tyrone hawkins said a long time ago is like you have to perform in different rooms like and up until that point i had only really performed in like very very not diverse white rooms go bananas which is very like easy room you know it's not a lot of like it's easy to do well there it's you know um it's this yeah. audience that's been built in for a long time you know even though it's i mean it's i guess somewhat diverse but like i had never done like hard rooms or like different rooms and so like you got to do that you got to be comfortable talking to different people i grew up in the suburbs you know so like yep it's a good lesson and i've since done a lot more like <laughs> Stuff that like I'm, you know, I was like, I gotta stop doing. It. I gotta get out there more. You know, you gotta, gotta see the world. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but also that did end. That that ended pretty well. That like um, the manager m was Liberty's manager, and then he eventually was Helium in Indianapolis when they opened up. He, I, I did a show there. Ah. I kept doing their open mic, try to get booked, and I crushed on one of their shows. I actually ended up getting booked there. Ever heard of it? Getting booked? Um, what? I'm not talking <laughs> about. Um, so, but the manager was like, <laughs> he was like, oh man, it was so weird to uh, see you. He was like, the last time I saw you, because it, it was like two year gap. He was like, he was like, I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, no, oh yeah. Remember? He was like. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, man, like two years ago, you were like, like, I don't want to like, I just want to say like, you've gotten a lot better. And I was like, oh no, I fucking bombed. Like I was terrible. Like I got to tell him, like I got <laughs> yeah. to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually not as bad as you thought. So, but yeah, right. It is a success story <laughs> because I'd say with, with like having a bad show, 99% of the time you're in your head when you say people will remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That was an exception. Oh, yeah. Though, because two For years. Sure. It was so bad that two years, <laughs> two years later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's, I mean, you're doing six shows. <laughs> right. I also remember, like, the, <laughs> the Funny Bone, like, does a, a raffle at the end of it where they give away free tickets. <laughs> and I'm already, like, I'm already in my head about all this stuff and... You know when you get one thing that I really get in my head about, especially when I host, is is fucking up people's names. Not so much anymore, but like early like early on, I'll get really in my head about like, especially if it's a difficult name, and I'll like obsess over practicing the name, practicing the name, and I do it so yeah. much that I end yeah. up like yeah. horribly fucking up the name. <laughs> I had to bring up Mish yep. Mishka Shub yep. Shuble. I say I still can't do it one time for a show, so um, <laughs> I practiced all day and then I botched it, but. So I'm reading these names and I kept pulling out names and it was like, it was names I were, I was mispronouncing and I had people be like, it's LaShonda. And like, 
And <laughs> 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 that's at the so, end, yeah, of, the at the end of the show. So, yeah, so, so I, they I, already <laughs> don't like <laughs> By the end of the week, I was pre-picking the names before I went up there, so I knew I could pronounce. I was f- found it found a Chad. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These people who are winning the raffles just keep having like really easy names. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> say it's rigged or yeah. anything. Yeah. It's so weird. The first raffle, like everybody had an umlaut, <laughs> and now it's just a bunch of Chads, yeah. Brads, and Lads. <laughs> it's, it'd be, it's extra fucked up if it's like. Why are they all white? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know how it's to the say one, any The one white person at every show every night keeps winning. It's him. He keeps winning the tickets for himself. It's Andrew Rudick. I'm not racist. I just can't pronounce names. Yeah, it's not my fault. I used to teach English. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So. Andrew... Thank you so much for sharing yeah. your experiences with us. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, imparting a little bit oh, of wisdom. Thank you. You know, there at the end. Normally we have to draw that out of people, but you're thank you're a you. teacher. So when it came time to be like, this is the lesson yeah. I learned. Allow me to impart yeah. it to you. Like you just stepped right in it, baby. Yeah. Just like a cow. Don't make assumptions. Honestly. Do your set. The, be true. The <laughs> academia lost a good one. Thank when you, you. When you switched to stand-up comedy. I appreciate that. <laughs> But I will say, yep. they didn't. I was very bad at my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, ticket prices also significantly cheaper. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> How many shows would you have to go to before your $20 ticket adds up to tuition? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't yeah. think about that. <laughs> okay, now that we're all depressed, let's... <laughs> <laughs> Take care, brother. Be well.